Hey, do you guys want to go swimming in the lake? How deep is the lake? No. Uh, I mean, it's not terribly deep, but the water is super refreshing. It is beautiful outside. I really think we ought to get to the water. <laughs> Sounds like a trap. <laughs> yeah, does sound like a trap. Have you been uh, Have you been mind controlled by something fishy? How slimy uh, is your skin currently? Yeah, how slimy is I'm your skin? I'm honestly having trouble breathing right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my leg! My leg! I'm being pulled on! No! Welcome to the RPG Bot. I'm Randall James, and with me is Tyler Kempstra. Hi, everybody. And Ash Eli. Hey, let's go fishing. I caught a big one. <laughs> this, it was this big. <laughs> We're going to die, aren't we? No, no good. Oh, come, come on. Well, that was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's going to be, it's be a great sight thank gag you. for all of our audio listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyler, let's uh, let's get to it. What is happening? All right. So we're trying something a little new today. So uh, this is the first the first RPG bestiary. So we're going to look at a single monster, basically say like, OK, what is this thing? What does it do? What do we do with it? So, you know, it, essentially, we're going to look at the story and mechanics of a single noteworthy monster. I uh, know these are going to be like half an hour-ish episodes. We're hoping to do more of these and see what people think. So like, yeah, give this episode a listen. Let us know what you think. If you want to hear other cool monsters talked about, let us know. Uh, and tonight, as always, like and subscribe. Yeah. Also, <laughs> also happy Spooktober. Yeah, happy Spooktober. Uh, we're very, very excited. <laughs> um, Spooktober seems like the perfect time to start talking about spooky monsters. So we're going to start with the spookiest of fish, the Aboleth. Uh, now, gentlemen, how familiar are you with the Aboleth? Not as familiar as I'd like to be. I know that they are the oldest gods <laughs> existing in a time before the gods. And they remember because... If they die, they regenerate around their brain, and they that brain carries all of the memories and information of all past Aboleths that have ever existed. Here's what I can say. I'm plenty familiar. I don't need to be any more familiar than I am right now. Everything you just said, that's enough for me. I get it. I don't need to be around these things. <laughs> I don't uh, want my characters around them. I don't want my players around them. Certainly don't want my pets around them. Yeah, honestly, Ash, you hit some of the best parts of the Aboleth. Like, they are extremely ancient. They predate deities uh, in the official D&D canon and the official Pathfinder canon. They see the deities as annoying upstarts and hate them. And, you know, depending on the setting, they ruled huge parts of the setting for some period of time. Yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of revision in each, but like in the Monster Manual for 5e and in Pathfinder 2e, we get the story of, yeah, like in the mortal realm, intelligent creatures uh, arose out of the primordial ooze, aboliths enslaved them, and then the gods show up and are like, what if we didn't do that anymore and put it into it? And so in both settings, the aboliths are like, I hate the gods and I sure would like to be in charge again. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and yeah like ash said they have perfect memories uh they are 
they're individually immortal and also inherit the memories of all previous Aboleths. So, like, they have that genetic memory. Uh, they remember. Uh, th- there's no forgive and forget. It's, what's the line? Someone help me. Forgive and forget? The opposite. Re- remember and... I don't know if there is an opposite. <sighs> I think you, you gotta fly by the city of your parents. Remember and regret? Uh, never no. regret starting that line. No. <laughs> Never forgive, never forget. Fool me twice, can't get fooled again. (laughs) Uh, Dan, cut all this. This is disappointing. I'm disappointed in me. It's fine. I'll look it up later. (laughs) You know who wouldn't have forgotten? Uh, Adelitz. Yeah. (laughs) Those perfect memory having bastards. Yeah. I envy that. (laughs) All right. So, So we got some spooky fish. They hate the gods. Um, let's talk about more specifically, like what they do in the world. So obviously they're fish. They enjoy water. They hate gods as an activity. Uh, what are some other notable things? It's, they have tentacles. Sure do. So they're tentacled fish. It's even better. Uh, they are aberrations. Uh, Mm -hmm. and I think we, we've talked about aberrations on the podcast before. So it's worth kind of like, if you haven't listened to the episode, we'll have a link in the show notes. But it's worth kind of getting that mentality. Like, these are creatures which are meant to frighten and astound you. They are aberrant to reality. And if you encounter one, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it. But there's a reasonable chance you're going to lose yourself to this creature. And that is what makes them most frightening is you're not just fighting a monster in the ocean. This thing is probably smarter than you. Uh, and this thing certainly has the ability to dominate you or dominate your friends in a way that you wouldn't even be aware of it. First of all, podcast sounds like <laughs> a great time. <laughs> um, secondly, yeah. Uh, yeah, so their whole thing is about control. They know people's desires. They exploit those desires. And they can get into your mind and talk to you directly into your mind from like miles away, which is kind of frightening because not even mind flares can do that. <laughs> uh, mind flares can kind of communicate with people within a few feet or, or yards of them, not within miles. I believe elder brains can do that, but to have something that is on the same level of power, maybe even more than an elder brain is terrifying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like the, Aboleths, at least in D&D, have only ever had the one stat block. There's no, like, baby Aboleth or Aboleth Jr. There's no greater Aboleth. It's just Aboleth. Like, you might get individual named Aboleths that have some, like, extra things. But generally, it's like, no, this is the creature. They're enough. They're only CR 10 because, like, if you go at them in a direct fight, they're they're okay. But, like, the... The lore around them, the capabilities, the plots they can set up, like the ability to mind control stuff and influence large regions like that, they can get spooky. Mm -hmm. Let's see. So we mentioned how they're immortal. If they die, their body reforms. It does reform on the plane of water, which is a weird thing that's never really explained. And yeah, yeah, Ash, you called out they automatically know creatures' greatest desires, literally just by seeing you, they know your character's greatest desire, which it's at least in five. It's not so simple, right? They have to communicate with you telepathically, but if they communicate with you telepathically, they can also probe your mind uh, and therefore know your greatest desire. 
Now, the problem is none of us are walking around with our tinfoil hats on, right? We're walking around. <laughs> somebody begins to communicate with us telepathically. The first answer, at least for me, is usually, you know, hello, who, who's there? Like, it's not, <laughs> you know, get, get out of my head, fish brain. Yeah, I think what makes Aboleths appealing from a narrative perspective is they are the embodiment of thalassophobia, which is, uh, for those at home, uh, fear of the deep sea and the creatures that lurk below it. Because it's like, well, what's so scary about this thing? It's in the water, as long as I don't go in the water. But let's imagine that you're in the un- in the underdark and you have to get a MacGuffin at the bottom of the lake and there's a dark shadow that's huge that goes by you and whispers into your head that it's watching you. That is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, let's see. So I, I want to touch on like the, the lore around Aboleths in Pathfinder a little bit, cause it goes beyond what we have in D and D. So as Pathfinder moves away from the OGL, like Aboleths had to get a new name. They're now called Algolthu. I think that's how it's pronounced. Their whole society, yeah, so. there are, uh, there's like a greater form of Algolthu and the Aboleth equivalent is the like, average citizen of their society so the fact that like a cr10 creature is your average citizen is immediately terrifying they live at the very very bottom of the ocean uh they hate the gods they want to take over the planet all those things very much the same uh the lore also hints at the existence of other unique forms of el golfu like one of the bits of text is enormous aquatic siege engines I don't know what that means, and it scares me. Yeah, li- literally a, a yeah. <laughs> apparition kraken or something coming to tear down the gates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's look at their uh, like specific stats a little bit, because uh, like there's a lot of terrifying things in here. Well, actually, there's one more thing I want to call out in the lore, and this is true in both systems, right? So mm-hmm. if we go into PF2 especially, they emphasize this. They're the common folk of their society, so it's just like you and me walking around. But... They have the strong belief that they should be masters over all others. They see themselves and they see their peers as better than literally anything else in existence and do the right of mastery of these intelligent creatures. And so you think about, you know, we're going to get into tactics. We're going to talk about stats. We're going to talk about how we could use these things for plots. But as we talk about what these things are capable of, keep in mind that, like, they're not altruistic. They're not, you know, you're not going to run into uh, a typical abolith that is trying to solve world hunger they want to dominate yeah absolutely um and a lot of that is conveyed in their stats like the uh let's see so one of their signature features across basically every edition is the ability to mentally dominate other creatures it's basically mind control um and once you are dominated in this way it is near permanent Um, You can repeat the saving throw if you take damage. You can repeat the saving throw if you're more than a mile away from the Aboleth for 24 hours, and then you get to try again every 24 hours after that. But, like, you can't just be permanently dominated by the Aboleth as long as you stay within a mile of them. So, by the way, who gets to make the decision whether you stay a mile from them unless your friends are taking control of you and dragging you away? mm -hmm. Yeah. the Abolith. The Abolith. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> even the idea of it's like, yeah, sure, I'm going to send you for a mission to go like two miles away, and then I'm going to need you to come home. And 
you know, Ash, you hinted at this earlier. So if you're not, uh, it, it is called Enslave, the, the move in 5e that they're using to do this, the, the ability they're using in 5e to do this. If you're not enslaved, telethopy 120 foot range. If you are enslaved, if you are in the same plane of existence, they can talk to you. There is no limit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredibly powerful in lore. Kind of underwhelming in stats, though, I have to <laughs> yeah. say. Mostly just because, like, the one, there's supposed to be these ancient monsters that have lived before the time of gods, yet a kraken could take them to town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they are pathetic against kraken. Kraken are gargantuan. Abolis are large, so they're tiny <laughs> compared to krakens. Krakens can summon lightning storms. Abolis don't even get any spells. Well, <laughs> they just get... PF2, they get spells. They get, they're all illusions, but... PF2. Every, yeah. every single one except Dominate is an illusion. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah, that is strange. <laughs> yeah, I don't want anybody to see what a hideous fish know. monster I am, so... Illusions. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, the um, the stats on Abolettes are a little bit strange. Like, they're, they're very, very strong. Like, very high strength score... Tons of hit points. Uh, they're big bags of hit points that you can beat on for a while. Their attacks really aren't super scary, but uh, they can inflict you with a couple of diseases that do horrifying, horrifying things. Namely, um, they can make you unable to breathe air. You know, forcibly adapt you to breathe water. Then you have to go, oh, yes, I'm going to go jump in the water where the Aboleth is. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> So if you encounter an Aboleth underwater and you're running, like, water breathing or something, you might be okay. Um, but they're also smart enough to be like, ah, yes, someone has to be uh, maintaining that spell, so I'm going to eat them first or, you know, dominate them and have them cancel the spell. Uh, so this is one of those creatures that you have to try and play, like, a lot smarter than you are as a DM. And, you know, as a player, expect them to outsmart you, try to kill them quickly. Yeah, I feel like when you're dealing with ancient, unknowable, semi-deity, great old ones, CR-10 feels kind of... <laughs> kind of low. Not going to cut yeah. it. Feels kind of low. I realize that they have... How far they've fallen from their uh, age-old place, but this is a person who is... This is a creature that has the knowledge of all of its previous ancestors. Why is its intelligence an 18? <laughs> Look, it inherits. Why is its intelligence worse than um than a eighth level player <laughs> who is a wizard? <laughs> Look, those really, ancestors, not that bright. Yeah. They're really good at trivia, not so much at math. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah. Uh Let's see. So, so one thing I've always found really weird with Apoleths is they're always presented as like solo creatures, and considering their ability to enslave other creatures, that has never once made sense to me. Like their whole thing is they're going to accumulate like a, a a small army of servants who they're gradually turning into scum, and then you know presumably they'd have some bodyguards or something like at least somebody watching their lair no it's like, oh yeah i'm an Aboleth. i'm in a pool we're gonna fight at the water's edge where things are fine for you and then i'm gonna sit here and allow you to beat me into non-existence and then i'll wake up on the water plane See, i do think that is the secret to actually running the Aboleth in a frightening manner mm -hmm. is 
picking level-appropriate creatures who are already under the control of the Aboleth, bringing them to the lair. Where, for instance, the whole mucus thing, oh, I'm adapted to be in the water. Uh, maybe that's a benefit that the Aboleth is actually saving for their folks because I'm going to try to drown you, and so are they. <laughs> like, I want big, beefy boys that can grapple you and drag you in the water. That's how I solve all my problems. Grapple, drown. Grapple, drown. Yeah, I mean, the Aboleth is large and has, what, like 30 strength or something insane? They've got a lot of strength. They could do that themselves. Just, all right, I'm going to grab you and you, and neither of you can breathe in the water. We're going to go in the water now. Right before you drown, I'm going to say, listen, you can be willingly dominated, and then I'll save you, or I can just drop you. The only problem is you get the benefit of underwater breathing at that point. Uh, that's true. That's true. You, yeah, the Because as it's been recently <laughs> clarified... You can willingly fail a saving throw. That's true. <laughs> uh, are you ready to be disappointed? Always. Always. Uh, Abolus don't have. Uh, Abolus don't have thirty ah. strength. They have twenty-one. Okay. Strength. All right. I mean, that's still decently strong, especially at large size. Yeah. <laughs> Just grab that halfling and uh, run off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's some holes in their capabilities. They need help. Um, they have a legendary action that lets them drain HP from charmed creatures, but like, unless they have friends around, who are they using it on? Must be the players, and just yeah. hope for the best, I guess. If you're gonna have Aboleths as an antagonist in your story, give them followers. Mm -hmm. Give them worshippers. Sawagin are good, or Kuotoa. Mm -hmm. Both of those are great followers for an Aboleth. So... I think if you just bring an Aboleth by itself, prepare to be underwhelmed. <laughs> Aboleths get... I, I think the reason why the stat block is kind of underwhelming for 5e is they kind of assume that the Aboleth is going to come with some followers. And fighting an Aboleth on its terms, in its lair, with its followers, is probably not such a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'll even say, let's assume we have a party of four. Diabolith gets three attempts at enslave per day in 5D. Yeah. So if it flips one of the party members to its side, that is immediately a dangerous fight for the rest of the party. True. 100%. <laughs> so the reason why at first glance, Diabolith seem like they're not that big a threat is because the re the the way that Aboleths become scary is in the peop their followers and how they're able to turn your own party members against you and their domination of the action economy. So some monsters are scary just by themselves. Aboleths are scary because they surround themselves with people. Yeah. Also they're yeah. creepy tentacle monsters. That that also <laughs> makes them scary. That too. Well yeah, yeah. I mean I feel like that's self explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> but but I will say you also have elder brains, which are scary by themselves, and they come with a massive army. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I do have to say one of the things that I really don't enjoy in life are disembodied voices coming into my head, suggesting things to me like products or other consumables that I might want to bring into my life. <laughs> really You're afraid you'll be walking in the underdark and you say... I'm watch. I'm watching you. Get fifty percent off all underwear <laughs> at Aboleth Joe's discount underwear. We're we're adding that to the podcast canon. <laughs> Aboleth Joe sells discount <laughs> underwear on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Swords named Steve. Yeah. <laughs> People in my realm go mad with my insane discount prices. <laughs> <laughs>
I'll enslave you into a pair of underwear today. <laughs> I don't think that's how pants work. That feels that's very threatening. Work. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, Billy, why don't we tell them what we're about, man? So we're here to welcome you to the Madhouse Chronicles. It's a talk show with myself, Billy Morrison. And me, Ozzy This man, Prince of Darkness. And we watch and react to the maddest internet clips. What do we discuss, Ozzy? Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, all that kind of shit. Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to... to Come on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's talk about where you might find an abla. <laughs> um, so we, we've established they're spooky fish. They're going to be underwater most of the time. Uh, now, abalets are amphibious, which means they can breathe air and they can move around on land. But much like a real world octopus, they're real bad at it. Like they can get yeah. around a little bit. Yeah. One of the, if you, 10 feet to be exact. Yeah. Not a lot of movement. Okay. If you're at home and you own a physical 5e monster manual, what I want you to do is I want you to open it to page 14. On page 14, the top of the page is a sad looking little abelet trying to crawl along on land. Uh, now, still a large creature. Still be frightening if it's coming out at you. But mm -hmm. you look at that picture and it's like, you know what? I'm going to pity you for just a moment. Then I'm going to murder you on the land. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this It's the strangest thing. Like, so Aboleths very much want to take control of the land. Like in, in the Pathfinder lore, Aboleths still control the bottom of the sea where basically nothing else wants to be anyway. But they would like to take over the land again in basically everywhere that Aboleths exist. So their lairs are very frequently close to land or like in underground caverns that have been flooded, something like that. So water that is adjacent to land where they can then find followers to enslave. The layer effects in 5e get crazy, like everything underground gets slimy and weird, water in the array becomes undrinkable. Um, they can or they can create an illusory representation of themselves anywhere within a mile and see through it. So an aboleth can just show up floating next to you and be like, hey bud, let's have a conversation. Would you like to be mentally dominated? Yeah, and, and it's I guess I'll ask the question. They they do have phantasmal force as a layer action. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in my layer, but I astral project a body that I can see through to where you are, can I use phantasmal force on you? I don't think so because you would be outside of the layer. Okay, because my no, you're still in the my, layer. I'm in the layer. Oh, you know, I'd have to check the wording on how layer actions work. I think the target has to be inside the layer. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. But, but but still, like we're talking about yeah. the layer actions. I'm gonna run through these right but quick. Like if, well, it's a good question because like if if like we're saying like this, let's say we find this underground like decrepit fortress with a with a big huge lake at the bottom of it. That dungeon is essentially the Abolus Lair. Mm -hmm. So I would argue that, yes, they could do that, even if you're not in the final boss room. Oh. If you're anywhere in their, like, big structure, they could probably do that to you. <laughs> but that's just my ruling. You can choose to ignore me. Uh, yeah, I would check the specific text on Lair actions, but that does sound terrifying to just have an Aboleth. Like, ah, oh, yeah, Phantasmal Force. Who, who in your party is bad at intelligence saves? Everyone? Great. 
<laughs> Seriously, right. everyone is bad at intelligence saves except artificers and wizards. Phantasmal Force is a terrifying spell. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. So, so since they're going to have those uh, underwater layers, like a lot of their tactics are probably going to involve like, hey, I'm going to make you come into the water with me or... I'm going to get you under the water and remove your ability to breathe there. But in general, uh, abusing the fact that players are typically land creatures and abolets are water creatures and there is water, that's probably going to be a big part of things. Otherwise, yeah, phantasmal force and slap you with tentacles. It'll be great. It's going to be a bad time. Mm -hmm. So they have, they have three layer <laughs> actions. Mm -hmm. So we already talked about phantasmal force. They can use this on any number of creatures it can see within 60 feet. And it can see through its astral projected body. Okay, yeah. we, we, we already adjudicated <laughs> that. But any number of creatures, so it isn't even that I choose one creature, the whole party lets party. Okay. Oh, gosh. Uh, I missed that detail. That's terrifying. Yeah. Now, if a target succeeds, uh, or if the effect ends, the target is immune for 24 hours, so that's great news uh, for you, not for the Ableth. <laughs> All right. Second layer action. Pools of water within 90 feet of the Ableth surge outward in a grasping tide. Any creature on the ground within 20 feet of such a pool must succeed on a DC 14 strength saving throw or be pulled up to 20 feet into the water and knocked prone. So that sounds like a bad time. It also sounds like a setup. What's it a setup for? I don't know. I can't figure it out. Water in the Ableth's layer magically becomes a conduit for the creature's rage. <laughs> That's a great phrase. Conduit for the creature's rage. The Ableth can target any number of creatures it can see in such water within 90 feet of it. A target must succeed on a DC 14 wisdom saving throw or take 2d6 psychic damage. Boo. Yeah, I mean, it's not a ton of damage, but the fact that it can that's happen. So that's so pathetic. Yeah. 2d6? I mean, but, but, but every creature in the party, every turn without eating an action and a dc 14 yeah all of its abilities for are DC a cr 10 <laughs> oh man that's so sad that's so sad <laughs> uh. what i'm hearing is adolescent needs some buffs in uh 1d and d yes that <laughs> might be the answer i am imagining though think about like how annoying it would be that basically it's like oh tide comes in tide goes out it brings you with it at any moment the creature isn't fighting the entire party the creature is fighting the half the party that passed the saving throw got up from prone using half its movement, mm -hmm. then ran back into range with half their movement and then failed the next time. Honestly, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun as combat. If anything, that just sounds <laughs> frustrating for everyone involved, including the DM. But it, it, it's going to it's going to wear on you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, hey, so don't don't uh, take on an Abeleth in a straight up fight in their lair. It's not fun for anyone. Yeah, it's best to leave. Uh, yeah. If if you encounter a region infected, you know, with an infestation of Abeleths, just you know, go somewhere else. Yeah, you Nuke didn't need to be there anyway. <laughs> Nuke the site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Yeah. So how does the stat block compare to uh, Pathfinder 2? Uh, okay, so Pathfinder, they're actually less interesting because there aren't layer actions, there aren't legendary actions, those aren't a thing. Basically, they're giant tentacle fish. They can cast the spell Dominate three times per day, which is like Dominate Person from 5e, if you're familiar. Basically the same thing. And then they can cast a whole bunch of illusions up, like, up and down the spell level range at will. So... 
these are very much masters of trickery and illusion and like they can mess with you they can trick you they can mislead you into doing things and going places but they can't dominate you for very long and like once they're out of those dominates they're kind of just a disappointing tentacle fish so honestly the pathfinder version not super impressive like you could probably pull off a lot of the same plots that you could do with the 5e stats but you'd have to like hand wave it and be like how are they dominating these people for days at a time don't ask questions just hand wave yeah yeah they're literally fantastic plot monsters (laughs) kind of yeah well uh hey speaking of plot monsters should we talk about some cool plots we can do with abelots for sure all right so like we we've covered the super basics of what they want you know uh they don't like gods they want to take control and you know with their ability to dominate and send people up like out up to a mile they're going to do a lot of that. They're basically going to establish their one-mile sphere of influence. Be like, this is mine now. I am in charge. Everything is now wet and slimy. I am happy. Yeah, so I feel like the, the most fun that you're going to have with these creatures is you're you're not going to let the party know what they're dealing with is an Adalith. All right? Uh, yeah. What you're going to want to do is you want to get a character that wants something. Like, not, not just wants it. They need something. Uh, they go on a boat ride one day, and all of a sudden, a voice comes in their head like, Hey, friend, uh, you're looking for that MacGuffin. There's a fisherman at the wharf right now that has the MacGuffin. Just go get it. And they do, and the problems are solved, and they're great. And they think it's cool enough that like, they don't tell their friends yet. It's like, Hey, guys, I'm hearing voices telling me where the MacGuffins are. <laughs> they, you know, you, just, you keep going. And then you go a little further, and it's like, Hey, I could probably help your party a little bit. And it winds up almost being like a patronage and they're doing all kinds around the village. Meanwhile, like the lake is turned into gunk. People are turning up missing. People keep on smiling at you real friendly and you can't quite figure that out. But like things are getting weird, but this patron's like really helping you solve the problems of the day. You're able to work through it. And then all of a sudden one day they're like, hey, hey, uh, why don't you come down? There's a cave by the water. I want to tell you a secret. And it's like, oh, okay, oh, hey, everybody, let's go down to the cave. You go down to the cave and you're like, hey, what's the secret? And it turns out the secret is I'm a goddamn primordial telepathic tentacle fish nightmare. <laughs> and I own you now. <laughs> I think that's that's the plot. Isn't fish nightmare that soup that your wife makes? It's delicious. It's it is really good. That's uh that's a really good like personal story hook. There's uh, other ways that you can do that's more general. Like, uh, you know, you come to a spooky Innsmouthy town. Uh, like, you could basically just do the secret of Innsmouth, but the big bad behind everything is an Aboleth. Uh I also think Aboleths make good dark counselors, hmm. which that trope, uh, to explain that, is the big bad has... As a weakness or something you need to figure out, but nobody knows what it is except for the most ancient creature on earth, which is an Aboleth. So you go to talk to the Aboleth, and it's a tense scene where the Aboleth is taunting you, trying to find, probe you for weaknesses, maybe giving you what you want, but as long as it's only amusing for them. Sort of like the best example I can do of this scene, uh, I can give this scene is. Co, the face stealer from Avatar The Last Airbender, where Aang has to talk to this creepy eldritch monster about information about the god of the moon 
essentially. It's crucial information, but it's tense the entire time because if he shows any emotion whatsoever, Co will steal his face. So he has to he has to be completely flat faced and stuff. And it's a very interesting, stressful, tense scene, which I think is something that you can do really well with an Aboleth. Aboleths are kind of that nebulous kind of evil where they will help, but as long as it suits their own interests. So yeah, don't feel like you always have to use Ableth as the ultimate big bad. You can use them as an ancillary big bad that is kind of helpful. The sort of alliance of convenience situation. There's a lot of fun you can have with those creatures. I do really love the idea of that. Like almost a like what you described is perfect and, and it puts it in my head like this Machiavellian character that's like working in the background because they think they're manipulating everything towards their goals. And who knows, maybe they are. They want the big bad out of the way uh, because in a thousand years, they've got a plan and you'll be dead anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and those make for some very memorable characters. Like everybody loves Ko. He appears in one five-minute scene in the entire series and never comes back again. But people love that character so much because he's got this commanding, creepy presence that where he's constantly mocking the main character and talking to them in a very smooth, probing way while also giving them crucial information. Those characters are great. It's how you can do exposition without just spilling a bunch of information at your players. Yeah, I feel like what what, what I'm hearing you say uh, very subtly is uh, voice the Aboleth like you would a very charming, very attractive vampire. <laughs> Bleh. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, yeah, I mean, you could just go, hmm, who comes to my lair? Oh. What, what are you doing here, little goldfish? Did you want something? Something only I can offer. Yes, ma'am. What is it you really want? <laughs> Honestly, I like more of that wine I had earlier. <laughs> Enough of talking about a Sarah. Let's let's talk about you for a second. What is your deepest secret? I already know it, but I'm curious as to know what you know about yourself. <laughs> well, I'm immediately terrified. not that i was much of a fisherman before but i think i'm done with that hobby forever (laughs) uh all right so if you're looking for some uh, official adventures that have aboleths in them uh, there's there's a few instances in 5e Um, i couldn't i couldn't quickly find any for pathfinder that doesn't mean they don't exist there are a lot of pathfinder adventures um in 5e Ghosts of Saltmarsh, uh, there are three Aboleths in that one. I won't spoil the rest. Um, Call of the Netherdeep has one, and Dungeon of the Mad Mage has one. Um, like, Dungeon of the Mad Mage is probably the most classic use of an Aboleth from what I've seen of the three, but the other two are also super cool. There's also, if I recall correctly, one that you can possibly encounter in Tomb of Annihilation, which is a very unique kind of... Oh, did I miss that one? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's possible to miss it. He's got a split personality. Oh, it's very fun. <laughs> Interesting. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> Two yeah. eternal memories. All right, folks. So, yeah, that's the Ableth. Uh, creepy tentacle monster. Could be a lot of fun to drive plot. There's a lot of different ways to approach it. Ultimately, its bite isn't the scariest thing about it, its ability to, you know, 
dominate and take over your life or your characters' lives or the people that you encounter along the way in villages' lives and ultimately use them to wreck your day that, well, it's going to really ruin your party if you do it right. All hail the Leisure Illuminati. I'm Randall James. You'll find me at AmateurJack.com and on Twitter and Instagram at JackAmateur. I'm Tyler Camso. You'll find me on RPGBot.net, Facebook and Twitter, RPGBOTDOTNET, and most other socials as RPGBot. And I'm Ash Eli. You can follow me on Twitter at Graven Ashes or on YouTube at Ash Raven Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcast and rate us on Spotify or your favorite podcast app. It's a quick, free way to support the podcast and helps us to reach new listeners. You'll find links in the show notes. You'll find affiliate links for source books and other materials linked in the show notes, as well as on RPGBot.net. Following these links helps us to make this show happen every week. If your question should be the question of the week next week, please email podcast at RPGBot.net or message us on Twitter at RPGBOTDOTNET. Please also consider supporting us on Patreon, where you'll find ad-free podcast episodes, ad-free access to RPGBot.net, early access to RPGBot.content, polls for future content, and access to the RPGBot.discord. You'll find us at patreon.com slash RPGBot. So when you folks are talking about the fact that an Avalith is not nearly as scary as a Kraken, I immediately flipped in the monster manual to find the Kraken to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So the Kraken has a plus four wisdom, meaning they're basically 50-50 to pass. Mm-hmm. But the Avalith gets three cracks at dominating a Kraken. And you know what's mm-hmm. scarier than an Avalith? An Avalith riding a Kraken into town to dominate you. <laughs> that is terrifying. <laughs> I'm just imagining a Kraken just riding into a dusty town with an Avalith on uh, with a cowboy hat on it. All of the terror is gone. <laughs>